Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimarger and Harav Nissen. What a schuss and what an honor to have another program, another week, Baruch Hashem. So the number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we want to get your questions and your comments. We really, really want them and looking forward to getting them. So please send them. Again, the number is 718 683 5858. We are going to take our first caller from England, Mrs. B, on with Mordechai and her of Nissen. Hi, hello. Uh, firstly, thank you for all that you do. And I actually uh, joined the workshop and I immensely, truly enjoy it. I especially enjoyed, I know that you like to have a feedback. I especially enjoyed the way you put down the value of a person that even if um, you were saying about um, that we didn't believe that even when the brain doesn't work, we don't, like the doctors would like to always switch off machines. We don't because we believe that a person has a value. And I've actually given over that to a few of my people, and it's such an amazing thing how you explained it. So That's right. So that's can we just share this a little bit? First, I want to thank you for mentioning that and for bringing that up. And so many times, Rav Nissen, we deal with people, we speak to people, they're busy going around saying, I am worthless. What did I accomplish? There's nothing going on, and we're really beating ourselves up. And then I use this concept. I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard it from someone saying, can we realize that in Yiddish type we believe that if someone's in a coma, or like you're saying, sometimes it's more severe when the doctors really want to switch off the machine, and they say the person's brain dead, and they want to end it, and we believe in Yiddish type based on the Sifrei Kabbalah, on the, on the Sifrei Nistar, that every second the person is alive on this world, there's some tikkunim happening, just doing nothing, just laying in one place. Can we realize our Achaz Kamal when we get up, when we daven, when we just thank Hashem for something, we appreciate, we help another year, we learn some Torah. We, we minimize the power of what we have, and because we put such high expectations, and we've got to start realizing we are value, we have an inherent value of the Rebbein in us, saying, I believe in you, I'm keeping you alive, and we just minimize that because we're busy comparing at others and we're looking how much more we should have done. We've got to go back to the basics. Yeah, so thank you for bringing that up and thanking you. Yes. thank you for mentioning okay, about Okay, so now the... my question. I know you appreciate first the question and then the, the background. Thank you. Um, thank I would you like very to know, much. where is, yes, where is the, uh, the fine line, the borderline, the in-between of motivating a child who has a difficulty and needs the support and needs encouragement on changing a certain behavior. We'll do the details soon. And the fact that I have, um, and I keep on like worrying um, that not to, that he should become resentful. That's right. So, well, before you go, there, there is, this is a question and answer that is sort of, that depends on the person. There is no answer. And usually I tell such a person that's unsure, go for therapy. Go to a parenting expert. Speak to a... Okay, robot, so let me go to the history of it. Wait, before we yes? go to the history, I want you to realize that I won't be able to give you an answer. No, I know let that. Me, but I know yeah. you do say sometimes, let's think of five options, and I've been racking my brains just about coming up with three. Okay, great. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's, this, is the, this is the thing. I have a 13-year-old son who has kyphosis. Kyphosis is that he has an arched back. Okay. Of course, there's options that I can go for a surgery which has a lot of side effects, but the doctor says he can sit straight. Now, I, he, the doctor says I, as a mother, can motivate him to teach him how to sit straight, legs, legs straight, the back straight, whatever. When I talk to him and I give him all that pep talk and all that, yes, he's willing, he wants to. When it comes to the not today, not tomorrow. Why do you have to always remind me, Mommy? Not now. It's not fair. Why always me? And, like, I, I can't get around him. And, and he's sitting slouched and his head on his hand on the table. And I'm, like, looking, thinking, I really don't want to do a surgery for you. Like, what's going to be? And I'm wondering, well, how do I motivate him, like, kind of not, not, not to lose him, but, you know, in the connection... I want to give him that love. Well, I want him to understand that. I mean, his benefits. Great. Let's answer your question with a question. So your question is, you have over here a son 
that is possible to help him on a medical condition if he does the behavioral exercise of sitting straight. But he's saying, Ma, stop doing it. It's uncomfortable. It's bothering me. Right? Yes. And now you're asking, how do you do it? Let me share with you. Not how do I make him sit straight. How do you make him sit straight? So let me ask you. No, not, that's not my question. How do I motivate him? Uh, that's the same question. How do you motivate him to sit straight? It's the same thing. If you're going to force okay. him to sit straight, he's just going to fight. It's the same question. Now, let me share with you that question with another question. There are two teachers, or well, let's go back to the girls' schools because it's so much easier. Because we use this example all the time. Girls' schools where they could sometimes have 10 to 15 teachers for different small studies, different small um, lectures, math, science, history, baking, all those little stuff. Why is it that the same class with one teacher behaves, with another teacher makes trouble, with another teacher they're best friends, with another teacher they're petrified and they're traumatized? What's going on with that class? What would you say is the answer? I would say that the teacher who has the class in her hands is because she's found, she, she's found the way how to get around them. No. Change the question. She has not found a way to get around them. She herself is powerful within herself that she allows herself to be a leader. The work is inner work. It's an inner power, not an outside power. It's not tricking them. It's not manipulating them. It doesn't work. There's an inner power. And we see that. Don't you know someone that with that person, oh, I don't mess with her. But with the other one, I would ask a question. This person, when they say no, they mean no. That person, no, I can try pushing them. Do you know such people? Yes. Excellent. Is it the words that they use, or is it an inner power that with them you just don't mess? It's, an, it's something inside them. It's an inner power. That's right. That inner power comes from an inner ability that a person has that you've got to work out your fears, inner fears of being an authority interferes of saying no, interferes of pushing someone, interferes of chances from our parents that might have been too pushy or too lenient, interferes of maybe I used to be too pushy and people don't like me, so now I'm afraid to do that. Your question isn't a how-to question. Your question is not what is the solution. Your question is how do I find the inner leadership power to lead my son when I might be afraid that he'll, be, he'll regret it or I might be afraid that he might rebel. Or I might be afraid that as is now, he has a medical thing with his back, so I don't want to push him more. So how do you find in your life in general that you've got an issue being that authoritative, strong person? Um, we think that I feel one that... To ten. How, how easy are you to, how likely are you to be a little bit pushed around? And what likely is it that you are able to create, or, or sorry, when you say things, people won't listen the first time, they'll listen the third time. Um, you get the yeah, I don't think one can push me around so easily. I, I know my facts. Okay, good. I know so what, my, I know what I want. How easy can you push others around? No, I can't. Bingo. So your question with your son is not about motivating him. It is about finding the power within yourself to become a leader, to be able to demand without motivating. Parents have got to be able to, at times, now listen, I know we've got so many people. Okay, so, okay, I get you. I get you. But let, let me then carry on my question. The reason why I find it difficult to motivate him is because it's not the first thing I need to motivate him. Unfortunately, together with this, he has an issue of being very, I'm not talking about five pounds overweight, I'm talking about very obese. And the issue of getting him to watch his food intake is something where I take a seat, a seat you know, the back seat, and I tell myself I have to wait for the day that he will come to me. Okay. So I'm in like a, because here the doctor says he can sit straight, this is where I feel now I'm pushed that I need to get him to sit straight. But with his overweight, I take a back seat and I say I'll wait for him to come and ask me. So can you realize, and, and forgive me for saying this, but in the parenting workshops we explain how this, I'm going to ask you to help out in a second because I want to hear your opinion. In the parenting workshops we clarify Parents have to become leaders. Stop waiting for a kid to ask to be pushed. They're not going to ask to be pushed. They're not. 
kids love the easy way. When you push them, after they're complaining and they succeed, they will thank you. No one has ever become will a they? concert pianist. Will they thank? Has anyone, I'll ask you, has anyone that has ever become in Carnegie Hall in America, it's like the, it's like the biggest place to be, to be in the Philharmonic, to be a, a, a pianist or a violinist or any other instrument, has any of them ever said, yes, ma, please push me at 7, at 8, at 9, and 10? No, not at all, no. Today? Now, when they get there at 17, 18, and they're top, and everyone's grabbing them, and everyone's saying, wow, we want you, do they thank their parents then? Oh, for sure. Well, how do the parents get them there? They're fighting. They don't want mm-hmm. to do it at 7, 8, 9, 10. And remember, to mm-hmm. be best in the world, because there are people that are best, but their parents were on top of them at least study three, four hours a day. We do that in the parenting mm-hmm. workshop. We explain the concepts. You've got to be safe. You've got to stop believing that you're the leader and you can have it and you must do it. If you yeah, don't, do. your kids are not going to succeed. Kids will not succeed if we don't elevate the bar. Now, I'm not talking about controlling. I'm not talking about manipulating. And I'm not talking about where you're not taking their, their needs into account. That's why it's a workshop of six evenings of two hours each plus an hour in question and answers. But the concepts we can at least share on air. We just finished now, actually, tomorrow night, like the last workshop of the teacher's training. And we taught the teachers, at least I and those that have taken it, you can lead the class and the school the way you want. You can raise the bar. Yes, you can, and it's your job to do that. And that is an inner confidence issue, which when we start doing And that's therapy, another piece that you had in the workshop about, yes, I can, and that's what pushed me to do the phone call. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a strength. I believe that he can and I believe that I can. I just don't know that balance. No, no, no. You're not yet at the balance. You just had to believe that you can. No one's guiding you. It's a specific guiding needed, necessary. You need now guidance. You need now someone that's a bit of a parenting expert to start giving you the pep talk that you've got to start trusting yourself. You've got to start pushing, and you're allowed to push, and he's allowed to fetch, and there's nothing wrong with kids fetching. And then you've got to uh-huh. do the reward, and then you've got to also give them the time off. There's got to be a balance. Right. So, so there you go. That's what like you're saying. There's got to be the balance. There's got to be the time off, too. That's right. There must be the time off. Otherwise, it's control, and otherwise it's the dictator. We discussed in the parenting workshop the difference between a king and a dictator. A king has also got a police force. A king has also got a, has also got a jail. A king also has to kill people sometimes, right? There's capital punishment. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the difference between a king that people love and respect and want to belong to, to a dictator that everyone hates? And there are about 10 to 15 differences. But you've got to realize, being a king, you still have to have a police force. You still have to be assertive. You still have to raise the bar. You still have to give consequences. You have to do that. You're also going to have to motivate, which, which dictators don't do and parents do. You take the person into account, but you've got to learn to become the leader. Now, when you of this, what do you say to this? You said it all, you know, that's, uh, it's, uh, to be a parent is a leader. To be a parent, to be assertive, to, to, to know that when you're standing, say no is no, and you say this, yes, no. And just uh, just coming, oh, no, and tell the, the kids, you know, you have, you, know, you, have, you have to say hello, yes, hello. I'm double, about double, about double, hear myself. Hear myself. Yeah, we're hearing yeah, you double. Okay. okay, also, while, till we just work out with Ramnitz and the, of the line, those to call and to ask your question is 718-683-5858. We've gotten all the availability. Please call, ask your question, 718-683-5858. I want to mention that uh, we uh, we don't have option now with uh, text messages, and uh, this show is won't be with text. Right, so there so, are no text messages coming, that's and right. And we have, we have two people online waiting. Okay, great. Hey, thank you so, very much. I really appreciate okay, it. Okay, so wait, I want to hear, because I would like you and all the parents listening, what are you walking out from this question? Because it's a very powerful answer, and the awareness you've created is unbelievable. What is the thank awareness you. that was just created? Thank you. And um, what I walk out is that I have to be stronger to know that I'm a parent, I'm a leader. Um, yes. I have, He's allowed to I have a pa- Pardon? He's allowed to quetch, and it's okay. He's allowed to quetch. I need to also give him the space, the love, the reward, the motivation, all together with a balance. That's right. So the balance means, but he's got to do it. He's going to sit straight. 
Yes. He's going to lose weight. It's, this is the diet that you're going on. The house will help you out. You're losing weight. We're going on the scale. I'm Every happy that I'm mentioning about that. I'm, I'm happy that I'm mentioning about the weight because I do have a few friends that also listen to this line, and there is a certain air of, like, let children come with it to the parents, say, Mommy, I want to lose the weight, and I never felt comfortable with it. I felt it does not make sense. It, it, let's, it, it let's, has let's to also come from the parent Thank body you. that you can and you can try and we can make it work and Mommy can prepare for you the food, and there's plenty of obese children around. I myself was an obese child, and um, it, it, it does need to come from the parent. But here with his back, somehow... I looked at it differently, maybe because the doctor said the word spinal surgery, which is so scary that that suddenly oh. I'm like, sit straight, sit straight, sit straight. And, and, like, and he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to bring up here a resentful child. This is not what I want. That's right. So as long as you have fear within yourself and the kid says no, it goes in. When you see yourself helping this kid and seeing this will save you surgery, I have to show them of, I have to show them, you know, I don't want to say the words of side effects, then wow, will you be saying, you're going to sit straight, it's for your own good. Now let's go talk about food. I agree with every word that you just said. That means there's an attitude out there that we don't want to traumatize our kids with food, which means this generation, we are so worried about weight and being skinny that we unfortunately create sicknesses by the skinniness. On the other hand, we also need to discuss and make sure our kids are healthy. And major weight, unfortunately, will cause lots of, lots of, could cause illnesses, diabetes, and a lot of other difficulties that's not healthy. And therefore, for our kids' health, we will tell them you can't walk around outside undressed. You're going to get dressed and be appropriate the same way we got to tell them we're going to help you about weight. The dangers to the children are when we want them to look a certain way for us. When we do it for them, it's healthy. And the kid complains, it's not fear. Why can't I eat? We want you to eat. Get to the healthy weight, and you're going to learn, and we're going to do it appropriately. That's what we are going to do. 100%. Yes. So for all those parents out there, I want to empower you. Let's stop with all the mishigas and the therapists have put in there, or people have put in there. Don't be too assertive on your kids. Don't tell them what to do. Oh, chas they're going to rebel. No one has gone over the derech because parents have told them what's best for the kids. Kids have gone over the derech when parents wanted them to do what's best for them, the parents. When the parents were looking at, can my kid do it, is now the time to do it. And they didn't care about that because they focused on their needs. Not because the parents were selfish, but maybe they were blind. Maybe they had pains and they had issues. But kids want to be, they want to have the bar raised. They want to know parents believe in it. They want the parents to push them. And after they succeed, they succeed. Kids that chazer at night, learn at night. The parents push them. The parents will reward them. But the parents don't say, you're going to push them. And then these kids succeed. And they're happy when they're smart in class. And those parents that they don't push the kids, they're the mediocre kids that feeling, I know I'm smart, but I never succeeded. These are the kids that are walking around also not successful because no one motivated them to bring out their best. Well, thank you so much. It was worth staying up. Thank you. Ah, uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go. Uh, listen. Yeah, yeah, we'll go to. Your mic. Okay, we'll go to Miss C. Ah, and with clear. the parents' Great. advice. Great, Miss C. You're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen, and then we're going to get Rav Nissen's feedback. How the mics worked out? It seems like okay. I don't know. You now it's okay. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now it's great. Yes. Yeah. Hello, you on there? Missy? All right, looks like we lost Missy. So okay, we so we'll go to Missy. The number to call up is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. We are looking forward C. to taking your questions and your comments. Yeah. Hello? Ms. Hello? C. Yes. Yeah, yes, hello. Hi, um, I... I'm very sensitive, and everything someone says hurts me. I want to know how to prevent it. Everything I tried, a lot of advice, didn't help. And, yeah. of course, I'm just going to ask, does your mother give you permission? Of course, is your mother next to the phone when you're calling up? Yes. Excellent. So when someone is sensitive, it's not such a simple question because... Can I ask you roughly how old, how old you are? You're like between 5 and 10, 10 and 15, 15 and 20. How old are you? 
10 and 15. Between 10 and 15? Between 10 and 15? Yes. Okay. So let's understand that being sensitive is a very beautiful mida. Means we got to be able to feel for someone else. We have to feel that when someone tells us something, that it affects us. That's healthy. That's normal. Now, the danger of being sensitive or too sensitive is that you're not able to feel, you're not able to develop a little bit of a thick skin. So imagine an orange. If the orange would not have a little skin on top of it, right, what's going to happen to the orange? Anyone that's going to want to eat it, the fruit, the juice is going to drip out. So what happens is Hashem makes a thick covering. And that thick covering, if it will be too thick, we'll never be able to get to the orange. Have you ever yeah. seen a coconut? Yeah. Have you ever tried to get the milk, the juice, out of the coconut? It's almost impossible. You need to have, like, a screwdriver or some very sharp item. You need a hammer, and you got to bang it in. Right. So a coconut is too tough. If you're too tough, you can't work with it. You need special tools to work with it. Now, have you ever seen, um, let's imagine, the orange? So the orange has a covering on top of peel, which protects it, but it's still gentle enough that we can open it without seeing, without needing tools. So everybody has a balance. And you throw it on something. Get it. They're way too no skin at all, nothing on top protecting you, you're going to be very sensitive. So now my question to you is, how can you start developing a tougher shell saying it's okay if people give comments? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Think about it. Do you need role play? One of the suggestions that I give a lot of the workshops are role play. It means you practice with your mother. Let's say you practice with friends. When the friend says, come on, you have to give this to me. And, of course, you're embarrassed saying no, or you're afraid to say no, or you're afraid they might not like you. So what you practice is with your mother as if, let's say, you, your mother is going to be you, and you're going to be the friend, and you're going to say, let's say, well, let's say your name is Rifke. So you call your mother, let's say, Rifke. And you'll go, Rifke, you really have to help me out. So you have to do this. And then your mother was practicing you saying, I really would like to, but right now it's not good for me. Mm. And when you do it, then you'll push your mother, just like the friends would push you. But it's important. Or you don't like me? Or why can't you do it? And you see how your mother stays strong and says, I really do like you, but right now it's not convenient. Once you practice that one way, now you practice it the other way. Now your mother will be the friend. And now you're going to be you, and she's going to start pushing you, and you're going to practice the role play on how to say no. Do you think you can practice that? Yes. Excellent. Do you think that would help you if you practice that? I don't know. You know, you say, you say the word, I don't know, like with such pain. Like, what's the problem? I'm afraid it won't work. Good. What's the problem? So let's try it. What, what does that mean you're too sensitive? Share with me two examples. Let's say someone says that I'm so sloppy, I would get very hurt. So or if someone so... says something, you get very hurt. Yeah. Now, what happens if you practice with your mother where your mother would be, you first you'd be telling her those stuff. And you practice it, and then she'll be telling it to you, how do you think that's going to affect you? If you practice it for about a week straight where she says those words and you know how to say, stop it, it's not nice, don't do that, what would happen if you'd actually be taught how to develop a show? Yeah, it might help. Okay. Now let me share with you a little bit more information since your mother is listening. I wrote a book alive about a year and a half ago. It's a 10-step guide to a vibrant life. In there, Chapter 1 is discussing how to develop more of a self-esteem knowing you're positive. I'd recommend your mother buy the book, and she do Chapter 1 with you. Then what I'd recommend is you do Chapter 2. You read it with your mother as well. And there we're discussing about the importance of making mistakes. You're allowed to make mistakes, and you're not a loser for making mistakes. Just the opposite. You're a winner for making mistakes. Then there's the next chapter. Chapter 4 is about saying no. 
the importance of saying no and how to say no in a positive way that won't get hurt. Or if they get hurt, you still know you did everything the right way, and this is the right thing to do. So what you really need are those several chapters. Plus, there's going to be the role play that you're going to be practicing with your mother every day for about 10 minutes. First, you do it on her as if she's you and as if you're going to be the difficult that friend that's going to be trying to push you or the friend that's going to make comments or whatever it's going to be. And then you're going to role play. Then you're going to role reverse, which means you're going to be you and she's going to be that girl, and you're going to practice it. And part of what you're going to practice is your tone. Like, so let's say she's going to practice with you as if she would be you, and she'll say, no, I don't want to help you now, or I do want to help you, I am your friend, but right now isn't good for me. And when it's going to be your turn, you're going to go, I really want to help you, but right now I can't. This sounds weak. Part of what your mother's going to practice is how to say it in an assertive way. No, say it stronger. I really do want to help you, and I am your friend, but now doesn't work with me. Part of what you need to practice is the tone, is the body language, and and is, the, and is the words that you're going to use. Now, the only disservice I feel that I'm doing is that you're asking me a question that can take sometimes several sessions at a therapist's office, like let's say 15 sessions, 20 sessions. We're talking about let's say where you're going to practice different times, and I feel like trying to teach you all the skills that a therapist will be teaching. So if your mother knows the skills or she understands what I'm saying, she can practice it with you. But if you need a little more, just know that there are people that are experienced in this that can help you develop that. So I don't want you to feel that you need a therapist because there's a problem, Hashem. You just need someone to teach you the skills on how to be assertive. I have a question. How do you buy the book? Wait, before we go to the next question, tell me, repeat to me now what you got from this question. What was your question and what's the answer that you're getting? I, I want to know what, how I can... How I cannot get so hurt um, if I'm so sensitive, and I learned a lot when you answered me that. So now I want you now. Hold on. Let me just try one one step with you. Notice how you're speaking so like this, gentle. It's almost like you're blowing like and like a little wind. Can I want you to say the question stronger with more power? This is part of the training when we work on assertiveness. Say it now, more powerful. More direct. I was very, I am very sensitive girl, and I asked a question of how I can maybe develop stronger, not to be so hurt, and the answer was. Good. Hold on. Now you did it. Good. Now I want you to even do it stronger. This will be the practice your mother's going to do with you. Now say it even stronger. Say it a third time. More powerful. I wanted to know why I... Take a I deep breath, take air into your stomach, and now say your question even stronger. I asked why I am so sensitive, and I got an Go answer. Go ahead, you can do it. That, that um, Hello? I should do role play with my mother 10 minutes for a week, and that my mother Hello? should buy me a book, and it will help me. What? Hello, hello? Yeah. Hello? Professor? Yes, yes, no, we are we here. Uh, oh, okay, I guess we will start caller. No, no, she okay. she spoke very, uh, you know, low voice, so just... Hello? Yeah, you can, yeah, you can, yeah. You can say it a little bit louder and more strong. Yeah, we weren't hearing. Say it now the third time, even stronger, your question. Go ahead. Hello, um, I wanted to say why I was so sensitive. By the way, excellent. To... Continue. Good. Now you're sounding stronger. Go ahead. Continue. I wanted to learn how I'm not so sensitive. Maybe I could do uh, you're getting... It's going weaker. Keep it up. A stronger way not to be so sensitive. And I learned that I could role play with my mother, and my mother can buy me a book, and I can learn how to be stronger. Excellent. Now, do, how do you feel now? Notice the way you asked the question. Does it sound different than when you asked it weaker? Yes. Yeah. What did you feel? What was the change? I felt more confident. That's right. Do you see how you can build your confidence? This is behavioral therapy. Behavioral therapy is I'm not explaining to you dynamics. I'm just telling you 
speak stronger, put the effort in it, and you'll feel a change. Yeah. Thank you very much. Great. I have one more Excellent. question. Excellent. And again, for those that would like to ask a question, the number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Where do you buy the book? And do we have anyone or we have now the availability of this one? Yeah, we, we have uh, the question of where you buy the book. I think any bookstore. Uh... So the number to call up is 718-683-5858-683-5858. Um, uh, Mordechai, I know that you, uh, the, the phone line is not so great, but uh, the question where to buy the book, it's every, I would say every uh, Jewish store. Hello, well, we're not hearing you, Ravnison. Hello, you hear me now? Hello? Hello? Yeah, you hear me? Mordechai, hello. I'm not hearing you. I can hear like a little bit. Okay, so I don't know. It's something bizarre. Maybe we'll do a, a calling again. One second. No, 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 no. We're just hearing a little bit. Okay, so you know what? Let's go. Let's go to the Mrs. M. And Mrs. M, you're on with her Nissan and Mordechai. Yeah. Hi. Um. How? Thanks for taking my call. Am I clear? Always a pleasure. Yes, you're extremely clear. Okay. Um, I have an issue with my daughter. She's in second grade, and I mean, it's not really an issue with her, but it's like regarding to her. She is a very smart, intelligent kid. She reads a lot. She knows a lot, and she's an extreme perfectionist. And she is not a sport, like at all, not a sport. She enjoys sports, but she's not like a sport. And she has one girl in her class who is like really a little bit like of a, I don't know exactly what her issues are, but she is like whoever I ask doesn't really know, but everybody knows that there's issues around her. And she's like sticking to my daughter all the time. And that's going on already for like the past two years already. And okay. I find it very, very um I can't even explain, like, what, but I find that it brings down my daughter on such a great level. She's a real mature kid, and she's, like, really, sometimes she comes home and she can tell me, like, a, like a joke, like something, whatever, we did that, and then I did it, and I just ask, and who did it, and the name pops up, and I'm like, okay, joking, okay, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want her to hurt that girl, and I don't want her to, like, to see that that kid is a little bit different. I spoke to the teacher last year, and she was like, okay, but she has more friends, and she's not like it's only, like, she's beloved by the class anyway. It's not like a problem, but that kid has only my daughter. She has nobody in the class to talk to, only my daughter. And I feel like this is, like, really, um, um, it bothers me that if she really is sometimes becoming so babyish because of that kid. Like she calls her, and she's like, like sometimes she talks such nonsense. Like, I mean, they're only second grade, but it's still like nonsense. And now I ask you a was, question. I, I just want yeah. to understand your question a little better because I'm, I'm hearing two opposites. You're saying on one hand she is a perfectionist, on the other hand she likes hanging around a friend that acts like a little babyish. And she's not hanging shouldn't around be, with her. Shouldn't okay, you so, be happy? That she's getting a little chilled out, at least there's one girl that's chilling her out. Okay, now the problem is that the kid is not only babyish. Yesterday, when I, what brought me to call was like, was yesterday they have PTA. I spoke to the teacher, and the teacher was like, um, she, uh, we just spoke about whatever. I didn't attend to PTA, but I called her, and in the middle of the, like, in the, middle of the conversation, she was like, um, what do you say to the friendship with that kid? And I was like, um, well, I don't know what to say. I'm not happy. You have any idea? You can help me with something? I mean, what's your question now? Like, I'm not happy. What should I do? They're not like big kids. They're not like I can work with something. Like, what the? What can you give me? What idea can you give me that I should like? Okay, fine. And she was like, I don't know, but you know the family. So I asked her, you know what? What's the problem with that kid? 
Whenever I ask someone, nobody oh, can please, touch on something. Forgive me, but my blood is boiling. You know, mine too. I, I want to just our society. I know, mine I'll, too. I'll I know. <laughs> I can believe you because it's it's like I don't want to hurt what any kids. What happens to Shalom? You're that family. What happens to Claudius? who are working together. It it sickens me. Okay, so let me let me just tell you the words of the teacher. I was frustrated too. I asked her, can you tell me, can you pinpoint a problem? He says, you know the mother? So I said, I saw her last year once. I mean, she didn't look like like anything is really wrong with her. The problem is not the mother. The problem is the kids. I said, yeah, there, she was a divorcee. Why is there remarried. a problem so with I t- a kid, a second grader, a let It's crazy. Give me, give me a second. Let me just tell you. Let me Let me finish this up. So sure. she was like, they, they were a divorced family. So he said, come on, a divorced so family is not a reason. So that's what I was telling her. I told her a divorced family so is not what? a reason divorce to put a kid in into a... I can a- go through the good of that were divorced. I know. We so that's, that's what I told deal. the teacher. No, that's what I told the teacher. No, come on, you're not, gonna, no, you're not going to put a... Is that, my issue is that the teacher is saying everything that you're believing. No, I'm not believing it. I'm totally so not believing it. So then, Lisa, no. your daughter's okay. okay, the friend's okay, your daughter's a perfectionist. I'm more worried about your daughter being a perfectionist than this girl teaching her to make jokes. I know. And making a little I'm trouble. also I'm worried, worried about, about perfectionism. perfectionism. That would be my next question. Up, I've seen people go off the dial from perfectionism. I've seen people get into depression from the perfectionism. I've seen people have anxiety from perfectionism. I know. That would be my next question. I've one of the worst machos out there. A that would be my next question. No. This, so let me let me though. just finish. No, let me finish. Uh, let me finish this. I was I told my husband then that this teacher is a little bit like she's probably very inexperienced because I would never or feel comfortable telling a, a telling a parent that this kid has a problem because she's coming from a divorced home. I mean, this is not a this is not a, like a it's not an excuse not to be someone's friend. A divorced home is yeah. not anything to be wrong with. Right. I was I was. A little bit upset at the teacher for saying this. I mean, this is not this is not the the thing. But it, I I asked her. So what do you see? You see, it's a problem. So she tells me she sees that she brings her down a lot. Like what? She sits at her at the lunch next to her. Alphabetically, they sit next to each other. Lunch and breakfast. That kid is yelling, screaming, like very very immature. And she makes my daughter the. She, she also starts to scream and yell, and, and they touch, she touches her and whatever. She's like, so she changed her places by breakfast and lunch. But she see, she thinks that it's like it's not really good for her. Anyway, I, I finished with I finished talking to the teacher Let's for that long, but second. I was a little Let's bit. Let's pause a second. Let's pause a second. What do you think will happen to a second grade girl? that we start telling where she's got one friend and we're going to take away this one friend. Let's think a second. Why, part of the reason why my blood is boiling is because I just done, finished a teacher's training workshop. I don't understand why it's not mandatory for every single teacher to take training workshops. It means the system is, I'm not going to go into all of them because I teach the teachers how to do it, but the system is very simple what we do. You teach this girl, the teacher, connects this girl with three, four other friends. So it's not just your friends. You create several friends. That's how you work as a whole. You build up. If, you, if we're going to ostracize this girl, Hashem, she'll go over the derech, and then we're going to go blame whatever it is. Let's, let's stop blaming out there. Let's start realizing we can, yes, maybe this teacher's right, and this girl might be bringing down your daughter a little. It might be true. Maybe the opposite. That's right. And maybe your kid needs it. Maybe your kids, you know when there's a thing opposite attracts? Maybe your daughter is such a perfectionist that she needs to be around this girl because this girl has got the ability to be loose. Again? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Hello? Your daughter needs to be around this girl because otherwise your daughter feels trapped. Every time, I can't do this, I can't do that. The teacher's going to be upset, the friends are going to be embarrassed. She's a perfectionist. Here's a girl that's got life. That's not worried. That's why your daughter might be attracted to her. And again, going back to this girl, going back to this girl, I'm doing the teacher's training workshop, and I'm explaining when there are children that have difficulties, or even when a kid is bullying, how we look at the bully as the victim also. What's going on in the house? Why this kid is doing this? What's going on with this kid that he doesn't have friends? The only way he's doing it is hurt. And not only do we look at the kid now as a victim, the bully, the one doing it, 
was already talked to him, where the teacher talked to them. Start saying, I want you to be friends. I want you to be friends with this kid. I want you to learn with this kid. We start setting it up. We start teaching this bully how to make friends. Why didn't we ostracize? The conversation should have been with that girl's parents and with that girl and with a class saying, I'm going to start making clicks, and I want you guys to sit together. I want you guys to play together. So now this girl that might have a bit of a meatless issue, let's see, there is a meatless because it does make sense that sometimes when a family is broken and the parents are not able to deal with it as well as others, some, most of the time they could, but sometimes they can't. But at the same time, this girl, it's the school's job to be educated, to know how do you help it. I've often said we've had a lot of, a lot of teachers and a lot of teachers and rebellion that signed up, but not nearly, not even a quarter of the amount of people that signed up to stress the inner peace. And I want to announce it out there. Principals, teachers, rebellion, sign up. This, is, this isn't information that just I know. Where do you think I got it from? I got it from workshops. I took trainings. I've read books on how do you have class management? How do you have the business management? How do you work with bullying? They're workshops. I paid to get that information. It's possible. I want to make a shift. I want to take your question as in a shift. If we ostracize this girl, the teacher tells mothers, make sure your daughter, daughter doesn't hang around this girl. There is now blood on our hands, and we cannot say, no, we can't. That's, the, that's the thing. I am not, I'm not telling my daughter anything. But the teacher was like, she's bringing us. I told her, so you really want me to tell my daughter not to be her friend? I'm never going to do this. Part of the things that I'm praying for is that my kid should never, ever make someone cry or never, ever hurt someone. So I'm not going to tell my daughter a word about this girl. The reason Amazing. I was calling is how I should deal with it with myself, basically. I just, I, I didn't want to, I, I wasn't going to address the question, like, on how to separate my daughter from this kid. I want to know, like, how I should, I myself should deal with it, that I should be able to bear it, that my daughter is with this kid, and I shouldn't get, like, frustrated from it. And it's well, basically a question. Well, one thing I'll be question... doing is I'll be telling your daughter, I want you to go over to two friends, to two other girls every day, and I want you to speak to them. If you want to build her connection, but it's hard with a second grader. It's easier with a fifth grader. The thing that's is where that second my, graders, the teachers need more knowledge. The I know that, but I can't, I can't supply them with the knowledge because they're not going to listen to me. That's but, right, but okay. Shem, it will happen. It will change. I'm saying I always do the, for the first workshop. There was a huge amount of teachers or a that signed up. But there's a lot more, and I'm just giving all of phase information. I'm not doing the... Real difficult ones, just basic stuff like you're saying. I dealt with exactly, we've spent an entire half a workshop, an entire hour on this, how the teacher can set up the class, how the teacher will set up other friends, speaking to the kids that might have difficulties, means they're part of the friends, making sure the girl that spends time with her will have other girls, it's a team unit. Other girls will call up this girl every night, or they'll have, you'll make teams with the girls doing homework, so therefore you build I want to say that uh, uh, Mordechai, in the last, I would say, months, in my show and other show, this was basically the, the, the topic. What, going, what we're doing to our children, what we're doing. And I tell you, today I had this, uh, a conversation with, with one of the teachers. said, why are you blaming all the teachers? Why are you blaming? I said, you know, he said, you know, you don't know what kind of pressure from the parents we have. We have a parent ah. that, you know, this is the point. This also, this, it's, it takes two to, to dance tango. You have right. to understand. This is uh, many times we all, oh, oh, my daughter is angel. My daughter angels. And that's only the friend. Nobody wants to take responsibility on our, in our children. No, she is coming from this house and she's come from this house. And, this, and the end one, what we found, the kids are off the derech, the best pair families. This belongs to this family and this belongs. We have to understand, if we don't give our neshama to these kids, we are losing them. And if we parents, we parents understand that in order to be balanced, to be Am Israel high, we have Arba Minim, we have four of a kind. We not are not equal, but we have to love each of other, other. And you have to plant it in your brain. Not in your kids, because if you feel like this, your kids will feel like this. And I want everyone listening to hear it. We need to start changing our perception. I, Baruch Hashem, have got lots of kids. I promise you, some of the kids 
have some friends or something, and good, enjoy. It's okay. As long as we're making sure everything's okay, as long as there's a balance, it's okay. Okay, it's now okay. the thing is, I spoke to someone after I spoke to the teacher. I spoke to okay, someone. Can we stop like, talking about the teacher? Now, I want to focus on you. Let's not, I, I feel we're talking so No, yeah, yeah, but I'm just, I just want to, I just want to complete the, like, what was going on. I spoke to someone who was like a tutor in the school. I know her, so I decided I'll call her up. I'll ask her like what she says to this whole idea thing. So she told me that at the end I was like, I first want to know like if she is bringing down my child in a way that it's like extremely. I mean, I can't see it in that extreme, but the teacher was like, whatever. And what she told me, no, look, the looks of the kid is like whatever. Nobody is. Like, the second graders, but their second graders' kids are evil. And they're, like, not interested to be with her. And she is, like, she is very, very, you have to explain her everything. She doesn't get a thing at her own. So you have to explain, you have to spoon feed her with information. Like, you have to tell her step by step what to do. She doesn't have anything by herself. And I, okay, so that's her problem and that's her, that's her issue. I mean, it's doesn't have anything with their background. It doesn't have with their broken home. It doesn't have with their divorced parents. I mean, it's not like she has an issue. But so I was like just that I wanted to get it straight for myself, like how I should deal with it. I didn't call up to Hazel and say anything bad on this family or on this kid or to separate my daughter from her because I kept on saying that I'm not going to like, I can't leave that kid without okay, any good. soul in the world. I want to I'm thank not you for to... your call. It was a great awareness. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Great. Okay. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Very, very good. Okay. Thank you so uh, much. We go, sure. we go to Mr. Uh, Mr. L. Yeah. Who do we yeah. have next? Hello. You're Mr. L. Mr. Hi. L. You're on with Mordecai and her Nissim. Uh, thank you for the program. I enjoy it very much. Uh, good. My pleasure. I have a question. Maybe you can help me clarify something that I can then help my child with that. Um, it's about a boundary that I want to teach a child. Sure. Boundaries are great. I love the question already. I like how it's starting. Um, I have a son that's 12 years old. We had QTA yesterday. The teacher was complaining about something. And I want to help him grow in that area. Excellent. My son is like an 18-year-old adult put into a 12-year-old child. Yeah, I like calling them old souls. Somehow you see there's like wisdom in their eyes. Exactly. So even if I have sometimes a challenge, I can sometimes discuss it with him. Yeah. yeah. Something that I wouldn't discuss with another 12-year-old. And yeah. um, same as in class. Very mature mind. Yeah. But he doesn't get the boundaries that he's still a child, and sometimes he can he can act in a way as he would be even with the Rebbe. The Rebbe he gets can very act triggered. like an equal with the Rebbe, not realizing he's still a kid. Exactly, that the Rebbe is above him. Yeah. And yeah. the Rebbe that gets very a... triggered, um, and we understand that. Yeah. And I want to I wanna help him get the boundary, the, the clarity of the boundary, without knocking his, his being, who he is. Excellent. Excellent. So I'll, I'll share with you the concept that I use, and you'll tell me if it makes sense for your son, and then I'd love to hear what this has to say. So the way I do it is I explain to children. Let, let me take a step back. When do I have this a lot? Children that have ADHDs generally are always very much fighting for the rights of those that are under that can't defend themselves. For the leaders in the class, I have the same issue, which means a leader is someone that sees either the teacher or the rabbi or the principal might have picked on the wrong kid or punished the wrong kid, and they're going to feel that it's their responsibility to tell the rabbi, the teacher, the principal in front of everyone that they made a mistake. And yeah. they go, am I not right? And I'm just confident to do it while others are afraid. Mm -hmm. So what we do with these kids are as follows. We explain to them, you have a leadership nature. 
And you could explain, for example, the same thing to your son. The Rabbi gave you a bracha that you have more wisdom than most people your age. Now, just because you have a tool or because you have a talent, you need to know when to use it. So another example that I give to someone is, let's assume when a Rosh Hashiva's nifta and their son takes over. So now, let's assume the Rosh Hashiva that took over the son is 40 years old. Let's make that assumption, 50 years old. And there's someone 60 years old. Will that 60-year-old say, ah, this person, who is he? Or this 60-year-old will say, he's now a Rosh Hashiva. He's now someone that I'm going to go to and ask questions. I will now treat him with respect regardless of the age because I will respect his knowledge or the shimish that he got by his father, or whatever it should be, or the Torah that he knows, or the Avedis Hashem that he has. You want to explain to your son that maybe you might even be older or smarter than someone in a certain place, but in different areas, they are an authority. They're still in charge. Mm-hmm. So we explain that there are different parts to people. So Baruch Hashem, you might be as smart as, let's say, you might think you're as smart as the Rebbe in certain areas, but in certain areas, you're not. And what you need to learn is you are now the Talmud. This person's Rebbe, and you don't speak to him as an equal. You speak to him now more with respect. And you do the same between parents and children, which means, yes, we're friends and we are together, but there are certain words you don't use. And mm-hmm. that's because I'm a parent. There are certain boundaries that we don't cross that you might do with friends, you don't do with a parent. So we can be friends. But there's still an awareness where I'm the father, you're the son. There's still a way you get angry. You can get angry one way with your brother and sister. You don't get angry the same way with a parent. So we start teaching them parts, different roles. You mm-hmm. might be in one area and equal, but in other areas there's nowhere close. So therefore, even if you're upset at what the principal did, even if they might have picked on the wrong person, you don't attack them and you don't question them publicly. You go over them afterwards privately and you teach them now how to use their leadership ability, not that they should squash their ability because we want them to still use it. But at the same time, they need to learn their place in life, and these kids will then be able to go far in life because many times in both, I'll share with you a story. I know someone, it was actually a relative of mine, that got fired from about four jobs within six months. Well, I'll okay. share with you the story of one of the jobs. One of the jobs was that he got hired. Within three days, he's yelling at the boss, saying, don't you see what you're doing? You're not giving your customers customer service. They're going to leave you. And he starts yelling at the boss for three or four mistakes that the boss made. How long do you think he lasted on that job? Exactly. Now, yeah, he's right. hours or less. That's uh, actually it was 48 hours. By the second day, he was out. He yelled at the boss, he yelled at the boss's son, he yelled back at the boss, and the, the second time he yelled at the boss, he was out within 48 hours. And it was all meaning good. That's right. That's why I want to bring it. That's why I want to illustrate. So I'd like you to share that with your son. That is, he, this guy, you can share the story. This guy meant well. This guy is right. And what this relative of mine was saying, look at this crazy business owner. Where do you find an employee like me that cares about the business like it's my own when I'm only getting paid by the hour? Mm-hmm. So what we want to teach them is you might be right that you care. You might even want to help the kid. But if you're doing it in a way that's not respectful in your position, means your place is Talmud. Your position is you are 12 years old in a 12-year-old's physical body. We need to give respect to the leaders. You question them, yes. Yiddish kind of allows us to question our leaders, but in private. When you question mm-hmm. them, it's with achna, that's not you're crazy or you're wrong. It's can you please explain to me why, because you probably have more experience. And then uh, with the godless of our Yiddish leaders are that we see throughout history, throughout Tanakhas, that when there's a mistake, Yehuda was able to say, Tzad Kamimeni. And throughout history, our leaders are able to say, you know, I made a mistake, but you did it in a way that's open. So the Gemara even shares that Yeravim ben Avot, he's the one that challenged Shlomo openly, and it says, Achitam Machas Yeravim. But the Gemara starts, what was his mistake? He got to such a low madrega that he created a Vaydazar in Kali Yisrael. And the Gemara says that, yes, Shlomo Melech made a mistake. That whatever it is with his wife, with one of the wives, I'm not going into it. But when he corrected Shlomo Melech, it was the Farhesia. He did it with a bazillion dig away. A melech, you've got to give respect. The Gemara says, why a huge Talmud Chacham, your Menavot was a Shlomo Melech, made him a minister to be on top of taxes because he was so smart. 
But if you don't know your place, if you start on a small level, being without the leadership on a public level, unfortunately, never. Even when the Rebbe made him king on Ten Shvatim, he did it on such an unhealthy way that he brought from the greatest of tragedies in Kali Yisrael was through him of having a Vaidazara for years. So you're not going to tell this part to your son, Hashem, to scare him that if he's dead. But I want you as a parent and those listening to understand that, yes, we're allowed to question our leaders at times. But when you do it, it's with hachna, it's with covet, it's with understanding they probably have a great answer. 99% of the time our leaders have an answer. It's the 1% when they don't have the answer, they're just saying, think I made a mistake and we'll correct it. But we don't question leaderships. We don't, we don't threaten or, or shake the, the, ne- the necessity of having people feeling secure and confident in the leader. And that's what you want your kid to realize. It's very interesting what you're saying, because I read um, recently from the top Mereva that when people were questioning his manahalim or his principles, he was always standing up from that, for them in public. And then he took them over and said, listen, this is a problem, we've got to deal with it. He made sure that the people under them understand that the leadership is there and they have to follow so you're saying, just so I understand, you're saying publicly he allowed them... He publicly, he said that the Manal is always right. He was I got them you. So no, public, on a public level, the institutions must go on, and you can't publicly attack it. But once exactly. it's on a public level, on a private level, he would then work on it. Exactly. Exactly what we're talking about. And if these right, people so. would go over to the Rebbe privately, you wouldn't have to now make a, a, a stance where you need to defend the system. You can deal yes. with it quietly and respectfully. Yes. Okay, I appreciate very much the Hagdama that you gave. Nissen, yeah, I would like to hear what Rav Nissen. Rav uh, Nissen, what do you say to this question? Uh, first of all, I would say that we have so much uh, in our Chachamim, that we have Igeret Ramban and all this, you know, uh, Musar, Shmuz Musar, that show that each of us has to, to understand where is our location. But I would add, add something the, very simple. The biggest professor, the biggest in the world, you know, going and driving his car and a small policeman stop him, you know. He will start arguing with the policeman. Believe me, he's not going. He has the authority of the policeman. Even this professor is a t- hundred times smarter. And he, this is something that has authority. And this has to put in the head of the, our kids the same, the same way. Authority yeah. is number one. That's right, and there's a way to do it. Beautiful. This is this is this is exactly that. So, do you think you can now explain this to your son? Explain. Yes, yes. You gave it to me very clear, very very clear. I got the Akdama of doing the parts, and then the boundaries of public and respectful, and I That's think right. I'll be able to deliver that. Yeah, and one of the levels that I also teach the children on Mer Shem, it might take you 10, 15 years till you'll be in the leadership position. Now, what happens if someone questions you, and they might even be right, how would you like them to do it if you were in that position? How can you do it in a way that you would not feel about the whole class is questioning you, and if you made a mistake, that you could actually correct it without needing to have to say things publicly? You can also shift it to him. How would you feel if there's a kid that's smart, but in other areas he doesn't know other stuff that's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think it's going to be very helpful, and it's a pleasure speaking to you again. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank okay. you for calling in, and, and a you. very, very intelligent, a, a very, a very you know, practical question that happens often, that happens a lot with the leaders, kids, or with those old soul kids. You just see that. Great. Okay. Listen. Uh, Mordechai, we are yeah. done now. We're already uh, three minutes behind the time. Ah. Okay. Uh, okay, so first I want to thank you very much. And I'm sorry that I was a little bit boiling. Uh, You're right. I, no, so was I. So uh, was I. I was something that it's this really issue we're speaking or talking about it in the last months, almost every uh, show in, in, in Jared Radio. Something sure, that and what hurts me is that I'm teaching the teachers and the Rebbeim. There's a simple process. The teachers just need that little bit more experience and how to get other kids to include this girl. Yes, this mother is right, which means, yes, you don't mind if your daughter's playing around, is having a friend with someone that might not be the best. Not because she's going to pull her off, but the girl has no one else. 
And imagine if the teachers could give this girl three other friends, then the mother wouldn't mind. No problem. We're dividing between three, four friends, and then you make other friends. This girl will even be picked off. We can, this girl can be a top asset to Claudia Stroh. 100%. I want to tell you uh, one thing that uh, I got a uh, few phone calls last show about the teacher that was crying and the menaelet was uh, in the classroom. And yeah. I got the phone calls from old uh, uh, teachers that said the menaelet was wrong and she cannot uh, she cannot be in the classroom when, you know, try to control because because the teacher, it's, it's like dismissed the teacher at all. And she has to take the teacher and try to give her the power outside of the classroom. You know, you know we would have discussed this because I happen to, I, I personally do agree that, yes, a principal is allowed to be in the class. Me as a therapist, I walk into the, like in the center, I walk into the other therapist sessions, and we make it at a clear level. So, so you know, this is a longer schmooze that we can yeah, discuss. Okay. I understand That's... teachers that said not. I personally do things differently, and I do think the principal had a right to be in, and the principal does need to see what's happening, does need to get a hands-on for the field. Okay, I, again, I believe so. it's a so. much longer conversation. Yeah, it's, it's, I believe that uh, the teach, the principal has to be very, very uh, intact, all the, school, all the schools. That's right. Okay, thank yeah. you very much. And thank you we, all. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to having everyone next week again. Amen. Thank you.